This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Three, two, one. And welcome everybody to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I am your host, John Allen, coming at you solo today. No guest, just me, no filters, just me. Um, let me just start off by saying I appreciate all of you listening. Um, thank you for your uh, support. If you want uh, more information about what's going on in my tiny little life, go on to my website at John Allen. You know what? What, Snoop? What do you want? What? What? I'm just wondering how it's going. You're just wondering how it's going? Well, it was going just fine <laughs> until you come buffaloing into my studio here. There's not a single host of a podcast in this world who has to experience these kind of things. Okay? Do I need you? Yes, I need you. <laughs> Good Lord. Back off, woman. Let me finish this. Sure, as soon as I'm done. Yeah. Okay? <clears throat> wow. That's how professional things are around here. Anyway, if you would like information about where you can find me on uh, different places of, all over social media, go to my website at johnallenpod.com. That's J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D.com. Uh, check it out. Okay, um, let's get started with what I would like to talk about today. On February 23rd, 2020, Ahmaud Arbery, an unarmed 25-year-old black man, was run down, shot and killed, murdered while jogging in the area of Brunswick, Georgia. I think it's, uh, is it Glen County? Glen County. I believe it's Glen County in Georgia. <clears throat> shot down, chased down, run down, and shot, lynched, a modern-day lynching. February 23rd, 2020. Okay, murder of Ahmad Arbery. Now, two days before that, two days or so, roughly, two, three days before that, Snoopy, the lovely lady who you heard uh, so charmingly interrupting this podcast, two or three days before that, she wanted us to buy a home in that same neighborhood. Just saying that, it sends chills down my spine. Okay? Now, this is a neighborhood, you know, when you look at it on its on the surface of it, uh, because we, we've been looking for quite some time to buy a, a home. You know, we've kind of flipped back and forth on whether or not we want to look at a home, uh, a, a new home, a, a second home as an investment opportunity or as a vacation home or someplace we would like to permanently live. You know, we're kind of back and forth about exactly what we would use a, a, a new home for. But we have been looking in areas along the coastal, southern coastal, southeast coast of uh, the United States. And we were very close to uh, taking concrete steps towards getting uh, a real nice home that we found uh, around Brunswick, Georgia. Actually, actually, it was in the same neighborhood that uh, Mr. Aubrey was murdered. Uh, Snoopy had found it. She had talked me into <laughs> talked me into being interested about it as well. Uh, we were going to make a phone call. We were kind of looking into me flying out there to look at it. Um, you know, in retrospect, it probably would not have worked out. You know, everything with Corona going on. But at that time, that's what we were looking to do. This is at the beginning of the Corona situation. We didn't really understand how bad it was going to be. 
But um, that's how close we were to doing this. And then, boom, a couple days later, uh, the lynching, the murder of Ahmaud Aubrey. And ever since that happened, it's got me thinking about... Um, now, a lot of you have seen the movie, The Green Book. Um, a lot of you, even before the movie, you knew what The Green Book was all about. Uh, just to tell you very quickly, very shortly and briefly, uh, The Green Book is a, uh, it's a literal book <clears throat> that was put, uh, put out there for black motorists uh, during the, what was the time period when the Green Book was out? I want to say it was from the early 1930, there it is, 1936 until 1966. The Green Book was printed, and this was a book that was put out for black motorists in the United States, literally telling them the safe places uh, in the United States, black-owned businesses, or at least non racist businesses, you know, hotels, restaurants, rest areas, um, where it would be safe for black travelers. So, uh, you know, a lot of people aren't aware of it, but that was a necessity back then. Uh, you had Jim Crow laws, you had racism and Jim Crow laws that prohibited black people from, from, um, yeah, from utilizing, uh, the amenities of safe travel that other Americans, that white Americans could enjoy at that time. So hence the green book with information about where black travelers could safely travel. It's a really interesting history in the green book. You should really look it up. It was put in place through, uh, with the help of black employees of the U S postal services, because of course in their travels, you know, delivering the mail, they knew where it was safe and where it was not safe for black travelers. So I'm going to throw it out there that we need a modern-day green book. Um, I, can, I can only imagine um, Amount Aubrey could have been me. We could have bought this home. I could have been out in that neighborhood not knowing. You know, it, it, you, know you, can, you can speculate as to how quickly we would realize that it was a uh, racist area or, you know, a, a certain number of racists that would make that area unsafe for us. But that could have been me out for a walk. Uh, that could have been our son, um, 13 year old, 13 years old at the time. That could have been him out for a walk, getting chased down, murdered at the very least harassed by some of these, um, yeah, some of these racists who live in areas like that. It's frustrating. It's sad. And it's, uh, it angers me that, this is something that I would have to, to, to think about. Now, what made me want to talk about this for this podcast episode is just yesterday. Now, <clears throat> we still have not given up on the thought of buying another home, again, whether for an investment opportunity or as a vacation home or a permanent home. You know, we haven't decided that yet, but we're still looking. So, uh, again, Snoop is, you know, she's supposedly this Viking Norwegian Valkyrie woman who is, uh, you know, battle hardened and can, uh, can, can handle the cold, you know, with us living here in Norway, but she cannot handle the cold. She is very focused on us finding someplace with a subtropical or tropical environment. So she's still looking along the coast of the Southeastern United States. And she found a place yesterday, a very beautiful place, um, rather rural, uh, in the outer banks region. Um, 
I believe it was, yeah, it was in North Carolina, but not too far from the Virginia border. Uh, in the Outer Banks region, beautiful home, great price, um, somewhat of a fixer-upper. Uh, we could move in there and, and, and kind of fix it up as we go, but beautiful home, great price. It looked good. But the bells started ringing in my head. See, I think about these things. Uh, immediately, just because of the area it was in, I started thinking, well, is this a safe place for us? Is this a safe place for me as a black man? Is this a safe place for my wife as a white woman who is married to a black man? Is this a safe place for our biracial kids? So I posted to a Facebook group that I'm in, uh, a bunch of Americans who are uh, living here in Norway. Matter of fact, it's called Americans in Norway. Uh, I posted to that group and I asked people, I said, hey, Snoopy is trying to drag me into this uh, place Here's where it is in, in North Carolina. What do you guys know about this area? Is it safe? Well, the, the uh, answers, the comments come uh, on this little thread in this Facebook group. And lo and behold, several people, you know, of course, some people said it's okay. Just go ahead and move there. But some people are saying, be careful. That's right in the middle of clan country. Now, this is coming from people who used to live in that area or at least close enough to that area to where they are familiar with that area, uh, white people, <clears throat> white people in this in this Facebook group, telling me don't go there, that's Klan country. And I, I don't know. It, it's 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 depressing. It's downright depressing that this is something that that I have to think about. It's depressing and it's disgusting and it's so un-American. That an American, one of your fellow citizens, I am an American citizen, but I have to worry about the threat of Jim Crow-esque uh, policies and people that would keep me and my family family from being able to live peacefully in my own country. Think about that. Some of us have to worry about that. Most of us do not, but some of us do. And it's, it's, uh, it, it's not right. It should, it shouldn't be like that. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to come with a statement here. Racism is not dead. Racism is not dead. Black Americans still need a green book. We need a modern day green book. <clears throat> So I was looking around online, and it turns out there, there actually is a modern-day green book. Uh, there is a lady by the name of Shauna Benny. That's S-H-A-U-N-A-B-E-N-I. Um, she wrote an article at uh, cntraveler.com. She's a contributor there. And... She wrote an article about uh, what it took to actually write a modern-day green book for black travelers. Now, she took it on a global, uh, to the global uh, stage and traveled to different places all over the world, you know. Uh, and I'm not sure what parameters, I'm not sure how she did her research to figure out, you know, I haven't read the book, but I did come across the article, which is why I'm mentioning it, just to say that, yes, <laughs> there is a modern-day green book out there. Someone has written a book about this. Um, 
So I recommend that book. I'm going to check it out. I want to read it. I want to see what they found out. Um, I also found a gentleman by the name of Jan Miles, or probably it's pronounced Jan Miles, J-A-N-M-I-L-E-S, who is the author of a book called The Post-Racial Negro Green Book. Uh, I haven't read that either. But again, this is just a little uh, 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 testimony to, to, uh, to the fact that there are, uh, you know, this is still an issue. Black people are still wondering where they can safely travel not only in the United States, but around the world. But for, for this podcast, I'm talking about uh, safe travel for black people in the United States, safe housing for black people in the United States. Of course, if, if, you, um, if you're living in a segregated area, if it's just black people, you're probably fairly safe. At least you don't have to worry about racism. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about people burning crosses in your front yard and things like that. But again, to imagine that as a modern day American citizen, you have to think about those kind of, it, it, it breaks my heart. You know, I, I'm an, I'm an expat. Okay. I'm an American citizen living outside of the United States. And I don't know what it is. Maybe this distance that I have, it's brought about a, uh, a new perspective, but I feel since I've been gone from the U.S., I've been in Norway now for 20 years almost, I feel more, um, I'm more aware of my blackness, if I can use that word. I'm more aware of my blackness now than I ever was when I lived at home. I guess that distance, it gives me a new perspective, and I see this, the, this broad spectrum of what racism is. You know, racism is not just calling black people the N-word. You know, racism is also discrimination, both overt discrimination and covert discrimination. Um, racism is is having to worry about where where you can buy a home and where you can travel safely and not be discriminated against or killed, murdered, as in the case of Ahmaud Arbery. Um, it, it breaks my heart to have to think about those kind of things. That's not... I mean, well, I don't know. Is it? Is this what America is? Is this the reality of America? Is this just, do I, should I just accept that that's the way it is? I have to just worry about these kind of things now. Is that, is that what it is? Just roll over and accept it? I don't know. <clears throat> I accept the reality of it, but I refuse to accept the reality of it. I believe there's things that can be done uh, to, 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 to fight against these kind of things. And I believe that the main thing that can be done is the dialogue, the discussion, you know, shining a light on it. And that's why I'm making this podcast episode. I've said it before. I've lost friends because of these solo episodes that I do when I speak my mind. You know, I have different kinds of episodes. I have the episodes where I have a guest, where we're talking about whatever it is about that guest that has piqued my interest. Uh, and then from there we can branch off into other things. Sometimes we touch on social issues and politics, but for the most part, it's to shine a light on what that guest has done to, to make me interested in them. Uh, maybe they have something to promote, you know, things like that. So there's those kind of podcast episodes that I do. Then I have the podcast episodes where I'll bring on Snoopy and we'll laugh and, and uh, I'll flirt with her and tease her. And we have a, um, we have a laugh, but it's rooted in a serious discussion about whatever the theme of the day is. And then I have these solo episodes where I tend to, uh, I don't want to call it a rant because when someone rants, it seems like there's a certain amount of, derangement and delusion up in that. I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not ranting, but I'm speaking what's on my heart. You know, I'm, 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 I'm getting it off my chest uh, in these solo episodes. I talk about things that I'm concerned with. I talk about things that I think are, are important. So, as I said, it, it breaks my heart. It hurts me to my soul that, uh, that I have to... That I, just, just put yourself in my shoes, please. Uh, statistically, you're probably a white person listening to this, okay? Step out of your whiteness for a minute. Put yourself in my shoes. How would you feel if 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 you were to find this home that you want to, you know, this is your chance to repatriate yourself with your country and you find a home where you where you want to do that, only to find out that it is literally right smack in the middle of one of the hottest areas of clan activity. Um good god. Uh, you know, put, put some thought into that. How would that make you feel? How would that make you feel? <clears throat> There's this thing. There's this, this, this uh, idea that says, and you, you're going to find this in every, every Western country in the world, that a man should be able to uh, buy a home to house his family and live in peace. Isn't that pretty much one of the bedrocks of, of Western society, of any democratic society, that, that you should be able to do that? Well, I don't want to say I can't do that because I will, I can, and I will find another place, but that I am hindered in doing that uh, just because of the color of my skin. It's pretty disgusting. And I've seen it, and I know some of some people are going to roll their eyes and say, "Oh my gosh, here goes John feeling sorry for himself." You know, stop pulling the race card. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not going to curse, but 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 screw you, if you're if you're one of those people saying that. I'm not pulling any kind of a race card. I'm speaking on my reality. I'm speaking on how I have experienced this. I'm giving a factual. Um, summary of my recent experience <clears throat> with trying to find a home for, for my family and I. Okay? There's no race card to be pulled. I can't stand that phrase, pulling the race card. I don't even know what that means. Uh, that's what... <laughs> That's what sensitive people use when they try to discount a black man's account of how he has experienced something. That's what they'll say. They'll say that that man, that black man is pulling the race card. Okay. So please don't do that. I, I ask people, you know, when I give such accounts as I'm giving now, when other people give accounts of such occurrences, such things that they've experienced. I ask you to please take a deep breath, settle yourself and listen because it can be a learning experience. And I'm not saying high and mighty me, I'm going to try and teach you something, but I'll put it to you this way. Who among us is not willing to learn more? Who among us is not willing to gain more knowledge to gain more power over one's 
future, one's destiny. Because more knowledge means more power, which means more control over your own destiny. So I ask people to just take a deep breath, step back, don't feel attacked. I'm not attacking anybody by, by sharing this. Uh, don't go into that defensive position. Stop a minute and listen, and you might learn something. Maybe, maybe not. But it wouldn't hurt to listen, would it? Because I think that's what it's going to take to get us through these remnants of, you know, I don't care who you voted for uh, this time around or back in 2016. You have to admit there is much more um, division in the United States because of racism than there was for four or even eight or even 12 years ago. So how do we fix that? Uh, who wants that? No, uh, you know, you have some of these radical right wing, radical uh, white supremacist groups who want that, but they are a uh, very, very small minority. Um, who among us, who among us in that majority want this kind of conflict? If you don't want this kind of conflict, you have to be willing to go into that dialogue. You have to be willing to have that discussion and search your soul. How do you feel about these kind of things? Okay, is this the, is this the way you feel? You feel that this, the, these kind of situations shouldn't be happening? You, don't, you, you feel that, that, that black people should be able to buy a home any place they want and not fear for their lives? If that's how you feel... Voice it somehow, somewhere, in some sort of forum. And that forum can be just as simple as just having a conversation with one of your buddies. You know, it's a Saturday night, you're, you're visiting with one of your buddies, you're drinking a beer, having a discussion, bring this up. Hey, I heard John, uh, John Allen talk about this, <clears throat> excuse me, talk about this on his podcast. And he said this, that, and I agree with this, that, and the other, but I don't agree with this. Here's what I think. What do you think, Right. I don't think there's enough of that happening. Uh, I think quite the opposite is happening. People are going to great efforts to ignore um, that these kind of things are out there, that these, these kind of discussions need to be had. People know these discussions need to be had, but they're not having them. Why? I don't know. Fear? Uh, guilt? Oh, my goodness. Uh, white guilt. I think white guilt should just just flush that down the toilet. Get rid of that. Uh, if you are a modern uh, white American living today and uh, you feel that you are not racist, then you know what? You're probably not racist. So then you have nothing to feel guilty about. You should feel angry and frustrated if you are an anti-racist. But if you are not racist, then what is there for you to feel guilty about? Get rid of this whole concept with white guilt. I would rather have a white ally than a white person who is inactive because of guilt when it comes to uh, racial issues. Let me say it again. I would rather have a white ally than a white person who is inactive in the discussion around racism and racial equality because they are feeling white guilt. I'll take the white ally any day. Now, having said that, I think I said this before on a podcast. Uh, I think it's a, it's been a beautiful thing when you go back to um, early 2020 in the summer of 2020 with all of the uh, protests and all the marching outside. I thought it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing to see so many white people 
uh, out there in the streets. Um, in fact, the overwhelming majority of the people in the streets in some of these uh, marches and some of these protests were white people. And that was promising. That was beautiful. That means white allies. That means white people activating themselves, being active <clears throat> in the fight um, against racism. Beautiful thing. Those people don't suffer from white guilt. Okay, because white guilt, it, it makes you lame. It makes you frozen. It makes you inactive. If you are not a racist, you have nothing to feel guilty about. So I guess that means if you if you're suffering from white guilt, maybe you are a racist. That's for you to decide uh, on whether or not you're a racist. And if you feel that you're a racist, then and and if you don't like it, then you have to work on erasing your racist ideas. But I digress. <laughs> no home for me in most areas of coastal. Southeast USA. That's, that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. Oh. It's frustrating. Sitting on Zillow and, and uh, uh, Realtor.com, you know, these different, uh, these different search uh, platforms for homes. And... Uh, we find a nice, see, and I, I blame Snoopy. <laughs> I blame her. She is the one that just absolutely has to have a home in a subtropical or tropical area. So that would be from coastal North Carolina all the way down and around into that lovely, lovely state called Florida. Uh, those are the places where she's looking. And I tell you, <sighs> I'm not saying that that place is just one big uh, red spot on the map uh, with a racism stamp on it. I'm not saying that. Uh, but what I am saying is that I have to consider, I have to find out, you know, are these places, I have to wonder, are these places safe? Is it in the middle of clan country? Ah. If only, see, if only I could talk her into, you know, you know, um, maybe the Pacific Northwest. Um, I'm not saying there's no racism up there, but there's certainly less up there than there is in the southeastern USA. Am I wrong? You know, Washington State, Oregon, Northern California. I don't know. Where, where can a brother live? Where is it safe from racism in the United States? Somebody tell me. Send me an email, john at johnallenpod.com. Send me an email. Tell me, where can I live? And again, with the, the limitations, you know, when it, when it comes to weather and temperature, because Snoopy wants to, wants to melt. She, she needs it to be hot. It's not very hot in, uh, in the northwestern USA, but... Uh, at least it's by the ocean. You know, that's a big factor for us. We want to get up by the ocean. But, um, yeah, who knows? We're limited. We're limited. And, uh, you know, oh, gosh, he's on that poor John thing. You know what? Yeah, poor me. Poor me that I got to worry about whether or not somebody's going to burn a cross in my front yard if my family and I decide to buy it. You know, and that would be the worst. That would be the smallest of things to worry about if we were in some clan enclave. You know, 
Oh, oh, you only got a cross burned in your front yard? Well, <laughs> Amaud Aubrey got murdered while out for a nice little jog. Big difference. Oof. My America. My America. You know, I'm homesick. I'm constantly homesick. One of these days we are going to move back home. Um, hopefully in the near future we will buy this, you know, second home, this vacation home, this uh, possible investment uh, home. Uh, but in the end we are going to move back. We're pl our plan is to split our retirement time between Norway and the United States. And it would suit me just fine to move back home to Ohio and be around my family there. But again, Snoopy cannot handle uh, the cold. Isn't that weird? She's born and bred Norwegian. Uh, Viking, right? <laughs> but she can't handle the cold. Go, f go figure. Go figure. Well, that's been my thoughts for the day. Um, thinking about this whole thing with... Uh, having to worry about racism, having to worry about whether or not a house is in clan country. Um, look, I'm not trying to be that guy. I cannot remember his name, the black guy who turns clan members away, uh, away from, from the clan. They make him, he, he turns in their robes uh, after getting to know him. You know, I don't have the time for that. And I don't feel like flipping a coin, uh, trying to figure out if a neighbor is uh, a potential convert away from racism and into the light of acceptance. Uh, I don't have time for that. Although it would be a good career if I was a single man, didn't have to worry about the safety of, of loved ones in my immediate family, in my household. Anyway, this is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Thank you all so very much for listening. Um, check out my website, johnallenpod.com. And from there, you can see where you'll find me on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube. Uh, I'm asking people to please go to my YouTube channel. Please go there, like, um, subscribe. Uh, I'm trying to get enough uh, people there to where um, it will justify me putting some time into making some videos. Uh, you know, all of my podcast episodes are posted there, but I want to do videos, um, you know, kind of branch off from my podcast episodes and... Uh, do some other videos. Um, people are very interested in my training. I am a power lifter, uh, record holding power lifter. Thank you. Toot my own horn there. Toot, toot. Uh, and uh, people are interested in me posting some of those kind of things. Uh, I already post those things on my social media, you know, my, my uh, Instagram and my Facebook. But uh, people want to see longer videos, and I'm very willing to do that. Uh, so help me out. Let me see that you guys are interested. Let me see that you're subscribing on my YouTube channel. Uh, you'll find the link to my YouTube channel at my at my website, johnallenpod.com. Okay? Check it out. Bye, everybody. Thank you, everybody.